0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Travis Chapel, the host of the top-rated Build Your Network podcast. If you are ready to build more confidence, certainty, and authenticity in your life, then you have to be listening to The Made Men Project with my good friend, Derek
1: Butler. Welcome back to The Made Men Project. This is your man, DB, transformed from trauma victim into a victor over trauma and your emotional empowerment coach. You are now inside The Made Men Project, where every Monday, we're bring you an empowerment person or message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. Thanks for coming through today. The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. My guest today is a host of the top-rated podcast show, Build Your Network, Travis Chappell. In addition to being featured in Entrepreneur, NASDAQ, Yahoo Finance, and ReadWrite, Travis has also been featured in Forbes as a top 10 podcast that will change your life, alongside of Joe Rogan, Gary Vee, Tim Ferriss, and the likes. In this episode, Travis discusses his upbringing, how he handles his emotions, his parenting style versus that of his father, and the choices he makes to live below his means, while still having great experiences. This is gonna be a great episode with things you guys are gonna to wanna to pay attention to. So let's get to it.
2: Hey yo, fellas, we, we we made men. We made men. Try to believe that within. I just wanna be a good man. Okay. I know you all, but tell me you a good man. Tell me you're a good man. Oh. good man. So many men are being crushed. Oh, Societal demands to be tough. Oh, yes, you guess you are enough. Okay. Just want I can't relate to you brother cause you're a good man Yes you are a good man Listen I'm right beside you, I'm right behind you, I know that life could be hard no, you're not a coward, you got the power for talking about your scars No, you're not soft. Let me inspire you, empower you because Society may wanna see you fall, you got another brother to call So many men are being crushed Society told the man's to be tough Yes you yes, you are enough Don't fluff. okay I can't relate to you brother cause you're a good man Yes you are a good man hey. Hey. I'm here my brother, you know I love you Yes you yes, you are enough, I just wanna be a good man I can't relate to you brother cause you're a good man Yes you are
1: a good man What's up, family? Welcome back to the Made Man Project. I'm your host, DB, and today I'm bringing on a host of the top-rated Build Your Network show, which was featured on Forbes alongside of Joe Rogan, Gary Vee, and Tim Ferriss as a top-ten podcast that would change your life, my good friend, Travis Chappell. Travis has also been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, NASDAQ, Yahoo Finance and Rewrite. And today, Traps is going to help me dismantle society's false sense of masculinity because so many men are being crushed on societal demands to be tough, deny any kind of vulnerability, sensitivity, or any internal hurt and pain. It's time to change that narrative. So listen, it's going to be a great show with so many things you guys want to pay attention to. But first, really quickly, if you are a man who knows that you have the potential to do great things, but just not sure how to get from where you are to where you want to be, Trapped in mental and emotional bondage and being crushed on the self-limiting beliefs and behaviors, it's time to stop struggling with the stress, anxiety, self-doubt, and fear. And look me up on LinkedIn at DB Empowers and send me a message. We will book your free no-pitch clarity call so you can learn about me and my team and if and how we can help you master your emotions and experience more confidence, certainty, and authenticity within the next 60 days. Okay, Travis, my man, what's up? Welcome to the show, brother.
0: Hey, what's going on, my man? Appreciate you having me.
1: Nah, man, I appreciate you taking time to be on here, man. I know you have a lot going on, so I love it, man. So I want to jump right into it, my man. Can you tell me, man, as you were growing up, man, who and what was your example of a man?
0: Uh, that's a good question, bro. Um, uh, I mean, I grew up really religious, so, uh, you know, my my dad was 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 kind of leading in that influence and was a good example of of a man in, in my life. But I also had a lot of, you know, church type authority that existed in that space as well. Like my pastor, my youth pastor and uh different people like that that, <clears throat> that 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 had that um uh you know style of manhood. Uh the the only thing I would say, you know, there's obviously a lot of things there to unpack. So I, I guess I guess I'll I'll just answer the question for you and say, you know, my dad, God and my church leaders, you know, teachers and pastor
1: and youth pastor. I got it, man. So when you were growing up, man, what did being a man mean to you at that time when you seen like your pastor, your dad, like what did being a man mean to you?
0: Um, You know, like in retrospect, we didn't have like a ton of conversations about what being a man meant specifically, but you know, you pick a lot of things up just from watching and learning. And so I, I think that, what it meant to me was being strong uh being being both physically and mentally tough um, you know and i say strong and i would also go physically and mentally it uh, was definitely a strong emphasis on defending yourself being able to defend your family yeah. you know things like that and then also also being a leader and leading the family and especially in the context that i grew up in you know the uh the women were more are supposed to submit to the man so as a man you have to be a strong leader and lead your family in the right direction mm-hmm. and you know different things like that so uh, you know characteristics would be strength moral integrity um um you know being a constant for people things like that
1: i got it man i got it so yeah. talk a little bit about you what made you the man you are today man like I understand you were successful, but what what were some challenges you overcame to get from where you were to where you are right now?
0: Man, that's a good question. There's there's so many so many things that I've learned. I think in the last few years about what it means to be a man, yeah. and things that didn't really you know, things that things that weren't taught growing up, which yeah. were kind of the things that culture and society said, we're being a man for the last, you know, hundred years. Um, But they, a lot of times ostracize the other part of the conversation, which is more like vulnerability Mm. and um, allowing people to see for who you are and living in who you are instead of worrying about other people perceiving you as being less than because you like this certain thing, or you watch this TV show or you, you know, Uh, get tears in your eyes every once in a while Mm. um, and things like that. And so, you know, there's a few kind of defining moments for me. And uh, one of the big ones was when uh, my wife's dad passed away, Mm. uh, which was like three years ago, three, four years ago now. Um, And he was still pretty young. He was, he was 53 at the time. Mm. And I was basically watching my wife and her family go through one of the most difficult times, probably the most difficult time. Yeah. Of their lives, really, and I kind of had to be the person in the situation to handle everything because we yeah. yeah, kind of had to make the decision to, to take him off life support and things like that. And I was the one that was communicating between the family and the doctors and doing all those things because everybody in the family was obviously kind of a mess at that point. And so, yeah. um, uh, I learned a lot through that experience because, because I was watching somebody that I love dearly go through that much pain. Yeah. But the, the problem that looking back that I didn't do a good job with is still finding people that I could talk to about the pain mm-hmm. that I was experiencing through that. Yeah. And, and obviously not comparable in terms of the degree of the pain and trauma because it wasn't my dad, it was her dad. Right. But there's still a lot that comes along with that. And I think that sometimes as a man, you can be so focused on taking on everybody else's problems and, and, yeah. And shouldering the burdens of the people around you so much that you never take time to unshoulder those burdens yourself. And I think that leads to a lot of, um, you know, mental health problems and anxiety and stress and worry and a feeling of, of loneliness and depression that could come from that because you don't feel like there's anybody there to share in, the burdens that you have. And and a lot of times too, especially if you're going through something like that, where there's family members that are hurting on that deep of a level, you tend to downplay the things that are going poorly in your life. Like you, you, you tend to downplay all of these other things and be like, well, you know, but you, but my wife's dad just passed. Like, why is it a big deal that I lost a sale today? You know what I mean? Or something like that. So you just don't bring it up. And again, you internalize everything. You don't ever talk about it. And um, and I and I've found that that was largely unhelpful and that it caused a divide even between my relationship with my wife, which is counterintuitive because you would think that it would strengthen our relationship to go through that together. But in a lot of ways, it made us more distant because it put us on separate pages and, wow. and it didn't give me the ability to kind of express my vulnerability and express the, the pain that I was going through as somebody who was a part of the family, kind of, but not really. You know what I mean? So like I didn't have the excuse of of the pain because it wasn't my family, but I was still going through a lot of it with them
1: and right alongside them. So, um, yeah, I know that was kind of a long winded answer. But oh, I'll no, that out. was that was great, man. So looking back on it now, like when it came to the word vulnerability, what was hard for you about that to allow yourself to be vulnerable? Like what was your what was your biggest challenge with that part of with that piece of it?
0: I think a lot of it stems from where you take your identity as a person. And I've always been somebody who's kind of taken identity from being really even keeled and and chill and, uh, you know, kind of emotionless in, in a sense, like, you know, like, I don't, I, I'm not one of those people that have really, really high highs and really, really low lows, you know, like when things are going really well. I have like a steady eye about me because I know things are about to not go well. You know what I mean? And then when things right. are going really poorly, I have a little bit of a positive glimpse of what's to come because I know that things are going to pick up. So I'm kind of, instead of like fluctuating really high and low like that, I'm kind of just like up and down a little bit uh, along that steady line of life. And so I think taking identity in that and taking identity and being the emotionless person, um, especially during a time like that when everybody else is very emotional, yeah, um, yeah. I kind of felt like, you know, I, I kind of felt like it was on me to be the only one in the room, not crying. You know what I mean? Like, I I felt like, I felt like if, if people were looking at me and saw me lose it, then they would even go further down the the hole. And and so I just kind of buckled up, you know what I mean? And and just, and just took my mind, focused on something else and, 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 and fought back tears and, and didn't express, you know, Mm -hmm. what was going on on the inside because I thought it might be detrimental to, you know, the people that I loved in the situation.
1: Yeah. That's, that's big, man. That's, that's tough. So since that point, man, how have you been dealing with your emotions now? Like, is it, is it still a challenge for you to either identify what you feel, to process through what you feel or express what you're feeling?
0: Yeah. That's a really great question for my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. (laughs) she, yeah, she would definitely uh, give you the truth on that. So I feel like I gotta give you the truth on that. I'm not good at it. It's something that I struggle with still to this day. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten much, much better at it. I think she would give me props for the progress that I've that I've made <laughs> in true. that sense because I, I tend to be, you know, a pretty closed off person, especially when it comes to expressing, you know, deep emotions about what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um uh, one thing that we did do was we went to therapy for a little while, mm-hmm. couples therapy. Yeah. Um, which was helpful in that sense, because it was a structured weekly thing that made me have to express my feelings. And it was kind of more of like a quote unquote, safe place to do that where, where I could express where I was what I was feeling about something without being berated for the way that I was feeling about it. Right. You know, because right. that was kind of that kind of feeds into why I didn't express myself a lot because I, I'm I'm a lot and, and if you know anything about me, you know, I'm a largely unconventional person. Yeah. You know, I think differently than most people I act differently than most people I live differently than most people. Um, and so when I express what my thoughts or feelings or emotions are, sometimes it's met with a lot of like, you know, like, like putting a shock collar on your dog, Right. you know, like they do something bad that you shock them and it makes them, you know, well, maybe I won't go do this thing anymore because I don't like getting shocked. And they start being fearful of that activity that they think caused the shocking to happen. And that's kind of what it was for me. It was like emotional shocks, you know, when I would share something and then somebody would meet it with like, with this attitude of how dare you, it just made me go like, all right, well, I don't want to talk about it anymore. You know what I mean? Like if you're not going to hear what I have to say, then I don't, I'm not interested in talking, you know what I mean? So um, I think after, after that happening over a long period of time, basically just got to the point where it was like, it's easier for me to bottle it up. Yeah.
1: yeah. About it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I get it, man. And so many men are going through that process, man. Like, because they feel like they're not being validated. Like their feelings are not valid or not being appreciated or accepted for what they're feeling. So I get it, man. So tell me, man, how, if or how has your definition of a man changed since you got older, since you are a man yourself now?
0: Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of value in kind of the, the vulnerability piece of being a man. And here's the thing. I was, the way I was raised was, is very, very conservative. So very old school style, conservative way of being raised. And I honestly, I honestly think that a lot of it is good. I think that, that I I think that strength should be part of being a man. I think that there's a lot of people who dive too far into vulnerability and abandon all of the other pieces of what it means to be a man. And so I think pushing through pain and pushing through struggle and uh, being strong and being resilient and being persistent and, um, and doing, you know, the right thing, even when you don't want to, like all of those things feed into being a man. I think that if you get, you know, a little bit too soft that you're going to abandon some of the things that, that, that really separate you and and, and make you man. So um, to, to compound on that, um, I, I think that I think that it's a combination basically of those two schools of thought, you know, because there's some men that abandon all form of other men of other parts of being a man um, and just embrace the like the feminine energy and the, yeah. uh, the vulnerability side so much. They lose touch with what it means to like be a man and, yeah. you know, go freaking, I don't know, camping or go on a hike or like be outside, like do manly things every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like go to the gym or play a sport or. I don't know, like just making sure that you always do stuff like that. But at the same time, um, there's a, there should be a mixture of the other piece where, you know, you have the others the other camp. That's like, Oh, if you ever cry, or if you ever express vulnerability or emotions, then, you know, then you're not a man, you know? And it's like, well, that's really detrimental to, to people as well. And I, I look for people that have results that I want in life. And I try to mirror a lot of the things that they do yeah. and, in my experience, the people who are like, no, be a man and only be a man and always be a man and never show vulnerability and never show signs of weakness and never do this or that. I, in my experience, a lot of those people are, are just not happy in life. Um, they tend to be grumpy people. And it's because you've bottled up emotions for freaking 50 years. Like, There's no, there's no, um, there's no guesswork around why you're this old grump now. You know what I mean? Like you've been doing, you've made it, uh, you've made it a a part of your identity to be this picture of who you're supposed to be. And you're not even enjoying life now because you're so worried that other people might perceive you as being weak or perceive you as being less than that. You don't even live in congruency with who you feel you are on the inside. You know what I mean? And, and so I think that there's uh, I, I just think there's a solid mix of the both of those things and, I, and I'm just definitely big into everything in moderation so
1: yeah
0: I think that you should be a man I think that you should be strong and you should resent and you should you should put forth those characteristics and um if you've never touched a weight in your life then maybe think about joining a gym you know what I mean like I think right. that you should you, you do those types of things um right. but at the same time without losing touch with who you are on the inside and and that's probably just because you don't know who you are on the inside because you've never given yourself the space or the permission to find out. And that's probably largely why you're not happy if you're in that position. Like if you're listening right now and you're thinking like, you know, that doesn't sound like me, but then you really look and examine your life and you're, and you're right. living an unfulfilled, unhappy life. Maybe that's one reason. Maybe you need to give your chance a, give yourself a chance to get to know you a little bit more so that you can live more in in conjunction with who you actually are at your core. Rather than putting on this mask or this guise that you are, this yeah. this man that resembles the strength of you know of a Spartan or whatever it is that you are trying to do, you know. So, I, I think that there is definitely a, a combination of both schools that needs to happen a lot more with, with the majority of men.
1: Absolutely, man. I, I, I definitely get that, brother. So, what are your thoughts on when you hear the term toxic masculinity?
0: Hmm. uh well Lard. Um, um i think it's mostly just um uh a term that social justice warriors use to uh criminalize being a man um mm. i think that it's largely bs uh i was gonna curse i don't know if i can curse here but absolutely gonna, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah it's
0: largely just bullshit it's just yeah. not it's not facts like it's not toxic masculinity is just a a phrase that people coined to shame you if you Mm. resemble the characteristics of what a man should be. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's detrimental to a younger generation of people who, especially if, if they're being raised in fatherless homes where there's not that male presence, and then they're being preached to their whole lives about the existence of toxic masculinity and how it's destroying culture, you know, that, 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 Boy that's turning into a man is going to be really confused yeah. when he grows up because his male peers aren't going to accept him mm. if he's super feminine in that, in that sense. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and unless it's like a, a thing on the inside that you can't you know, change, but right. um, they're, they're like, he's, he's not going to meet, he's not going to be met with acceptance from his peers. And there's actually really interesting studies on, he's not going to be met with acceptance from the opposite sex because a lot of times the same people that are preaching against toxic masculine masculinity are the same people that are attracted to it right you know what I mean it's biological in nature to, right. for for a, for a woman to be attracted to the 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 strong dominant male because in our biology it's hardwired into into us to behave that way because a few thousand years ago a woman's best chance of survival was linking up with a man who was the strongest of the group. Yeah. who could protect her the most. Yeah, You know what I mean? So uh, there's, there's biology hardwired into us. That's, that's why, that's why a lot of the, 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 the guys that are on the toxic masculinity train are always in the friend zone. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like they, they can't, they can't close the deal because like, yeah. because women aren't attracted to that. Yeah. And so I think it's a, it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird balance, um, and uh, I, but I think that people that are preaching toxic masculinity, because sure, I, like I understand, the thing is the terms always get per, perverse over a long period of time. Like right. things start out with a good intention, and then they get perverted the longer that they exist. So I'm sure that that probably had some. There's probably some 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 facts that that are about toxic masculinity that people that mm-hmm. originally coined the term probably were moving toward. In that direction and then other people took that and then ruined it and made it completely about anything against any sort of characteristic that resembles being a man and that i have a problem with but if you're talking about like toxic masculinity like okay well there's you know some cultural things that that men have done for thousands of years that um prevent other people from having equal opportunity and things like that okay sure i can, I can buy into that um but once you start telling me that that like that I'm not allowed to behave or act a certain way because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Like, right. no, not that. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. So tell me what's one piece you would give men, young, young or old about masculinity? That's a good
0: question, man. I know we've kind of already touched on this, but I think it's such a huge part and that's to get to know who you are mm. first Yeah. Um, because every single one of us have a worldview or value system that's been beaten into our heads since the time that we were little kids, regardless of what side of the aisle that you are, whether you're somebody that grew up in a household that believes wholeheartedly in something like toxic masculinity, or you grew up on the opposite side of the aisle where you, your grandparents were like totally and completely sexist and racist. You know what I mean? Like wherever you grew up on the, on the, this end of the spectrum or this end of the spectrum or anywhere in between, you grew up with some sort of of worldview that was pounded into your brain from the time that you were able to understand things. Yeah. So if you don't take the time to be self-aware and understand what you currently believe about something, then you're not going to be able to have open and honest conversations with other people about where they end up on certain things, which means that you can't ever make a compromise and meet somebody else a little bit further down in the middle where probably the truth actually exists. You know what I mean? The truth doesn't exist on the opposite ends and in, in the complete polarity of uh, of opinions. It exists probably somewhere in the middle. That would would be the most logical. That would make the most sense, right? So, uh, you, I think you have to large you you have to know a little bit about who you are and yeah. and and what you currently believe about it, and you got to be willing to at least hear other people's perspectives on it, and be open to the fact that you might be a little bit wrong, and. I think most of the time that's what you find out. You find out that you're not completely wrong, but you were a little bit wrong and you can improve a little bit. And if not, why are we here, man? You know what I mean? Like that's the purpose of life. People usually look at that and they think like, no, I'm not going to change because that means the other side wins. And it's like, no, 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 no. You win when you change. Like you're supposed to change. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to become better. And if you're so bought into the thing that was beaten to your head your entire life, which probably means you have no basis of believing it, by the way, it just means that that's the way things are because that's what I was told and that's the way that I perceived the world to be, then like fast forward the clock 30 years, why are you here? Like you're not, right. are you, you're helping to push things forward? Are you growing? Are you improving? Are you changing? Like people look at change, like it's so negative for some right, reason. Right, Like right. That's, what, that's what you're supposed to do, man. Like you're supposed to change. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know at what point people are just okay with not changing anymore <laughs> because from <laughs> the time that you're, you know, from the, I, I have two small kids and those kids, man, they change every single day. It seems like, yeah. you know, they're learning something new. They're growing and they're, they're, you know, my, my son's just barely starting to say words and stuff like that now. And, uh, and, you know, it becomes popular and, it, and it's expected of kids to grow and learn and change every single day. Um, that's what school's for, you know, but then all of a sudden we get out of school, become adults, and then all of a sudden nobody cares about changing or growing or learning or improving. Yeah. That shouldn't be the case. We should be in little kid mode for the rest of our lives. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we should right. be constantly... Constantly growing, constantly changing. That's what society's done too, by the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what the purpose of society is for. Society is supposed to learn and grow and change. And that's why I think the cancel culture is so toxic as well, because um, because you have to you have to be able to look back in history. And agree that there were a lot of really bad things, but there were also a lot of really good things. Mm-hmm. And all we're doing as a, as a society is continuing to learn and grow and and, mm-hmm. and improve on the mistakes that we've made in the past. Because I guarantee you that in 100 years from now, in the year, you know, uh, 2121, right. people are going to be looking back at 2021 and being like, I can't believe that those people believed this. Yeah. I can't believe that they were doing this thing. What an atrocity. What a horrible thing that that was happening back then. We have no idea what it is right now because we're doing our best right now to continue to be better. You know what I mean? But like it's so it it tickles me when people get so upset about like the past faults and like and and throw the baby out with the bathwater because of things that have happened you know, 100, 200, 300, 500, 1,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's the purpose of culture, man? Like, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be like, oh, that was a huge mistake. Everybody used to think it was normal, but now we've learned that it's actually horrible and completely against what we should be doing as human beings. So let's not do that anymore. In fact, let's make it illegal. Let's criminalize it. Like, let's, let's, as a society, you know what I mean? Like, agree that this is something that's atrocious that shouldn't happen anymore. And let's move toward the future. Yeah. And like I said, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, 500 years from now, people are going to be looking back in 2021, I guarantee you. And something that we're doing right now that all of us think is totally normal, people are going to be like, I can't believe they used to do that. Can you believe that? Can you imagine actually like, like you know, I, I don't know, I'm just making this up, but like getting <laughs> chemotherapy to cure cancer. Like, man, we have these pills that we take now. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I, I, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what science is going to reveal. We don't know like what things are going to happen in the next couple hundred years. But there's something that we're doing right now future us is going to like reprimand us right now for, you know what I mean? So, and I think if you have that in mind, it keeps you a little bit humble too. Yeah, It it makes you realize like, look, there's probably things right now that I'm doing as me today that in 10 years from now, I'm going to look back on and be like, I can't believe I was doing that, man. That's (laughs) crazy. But that's how it should be, you know, like in being okay with that. And, And I think that, that, that helps you, you know, have a little bit more humility and be a little bit more open to what other people might have to say. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question, bro. Oh, but yeah. Hopefully that
1: <laughs> you yeah. did, brother. Absolutely you did, man. That's amazing too. So you you touched on your children and I know about Travis the businessman. Talking about Travis the father, do you resemble your your father's parenting style or how are you moving in when it comes to you being a dad?
0: Man, uh you're you're putting me you're 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 backing me into a corner here, bro. Um <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, like we've been talking about, I'm, I do not really get emotional about a lot of things, but my kids, man, they're, they're something different. Yeah. Um, yeah. it, it makes you, uh, it, it makes you, it, it puts everything in perspective, you know what I mean? So, um, for me, it's, I, I feel like I, I, I mean, I think every person has tendencies to be the, to be similar to the way their parents parented. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, am at a completely different type of belief system than my parents were when they had me. So there are some things that, that I, that I do a little bit differently um, and that I will do a little bit differently as well. And, and we're, we're fresh, we're fresh parents, man. My son's 20 months, my daughter's two months. Um, So there's a lot, there's a lot I got to learn still, you know, really about this entire topic that we're talking about, about being a man, like I'm 28 still, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm I'm giving you everything that I've learned in the last few years, but like I said, you know 10 20 years from now i'm sure i'll have a completely definition a completely different definition and we could probably have this same conversation conversation that would end completely differently um, but uh, but yeah so as far as being a parent man like my big thing is i just want to show my kids what's possible instead of tell them that's one of the i think one of the biggest things that i'm trying to commit to as a parent yeah is everybody Every, every parent tells their kids the things that they're supposed to hear, right? Like, and, and obviously not every parent, but you get what I'm saying. You know, like you can do anything you put your mind to, or, mm-hmm. you know, you can be anything you want to be, or you can do this, you can do that. You can get a six pack if you want a six pack, or, you know, you can, you can go to whatever college you want to go to if you just apply yourself. Right. You know, we've all heard those things, but I think that it's pretty rare for parents to actually act that way mm-hmm. so that their kids can see an example in real life about what that looks like. And so I never wanted to be that dad that, that sold out, didn't follow my dreams and settled for something that was less than what I thought I could accomplish. And then try to tell my kids that they can do whatever they want to do. Like I didn't, I, I want to be able to look my son in the eye and be like, you can do whatever you want to do. Look what I did like I shouldn't have been able to accomplish the things that I accomplished. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. I didn't start with this. I didn't start with that. You know, I didn't have the degree. I didn't have the the education. I didn't have a lot of these things that other other people have. Like, but the bottom line is I had a commitment to excellence and I was consistent and I worked hard and I worked smart and I figured it out. You know what I mean? Like that to me is the the parent, the type of parent that I want to be. And that goes with anything, you know, like if I'm trying to prevent my kids from, you know, you name it, eating sugar or watching TV or playing video games too too much or like whatever it is, fill in the blank. Like I need to be willing to lead them by example, lead from the front of the pack and not be the the, the dictator in the back, just pointing in different directions and telling people what to do. So that's that's probably probably one of the biggest values that I have as a parent so far. Again, I'm, I'm pretty new right, at right, it. So right.
1: That's that powerful, out. man. That's amazing, bro. I love that insight and mindset that you have when it comes to that, man. So I'm to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk to you. And when I throw this word out, a lot of men kind of struggle with it. So I'm going to say it to you, like, what do you do? What are some things you do for self-care or just to rephrase it? What are some things you do to take care of yourself, man?
0: Sure. Um, this is something that I really honestly just kind of implemented this, this year yeah. um, and towards the end of last year, because, I just been getting so busy with, with uh, the businesses lately and, mm-hmm. and then adding another kid to the table, like, man, two kids is more than twice the work and nobody told Perfect. me that. So um, we're still, you know, trying to navigate that. So right. um, at this point I try once a week to go golf with a couple friends here in mm-hmm. Vegas. Okay, um, And that's what I do to try to take care of myself. Like, you know, no matter what happened that week, I try to get out every Sunday and and hit the, hit the course. And it just takes my mind off everything. It's kind of a meditative practice, allows me to kind of, you know, get some guy time in, hang out with the guys and, you yeah. know, let some, let some F bombs fly and take right, uh, right, right. a couple beers and, and have a good time. Um, and it's been very, very helpful for me, like yeah. super uh, therapeutic uh, to be able to, to, you know, my mind's constantly going, man, it's hard That's- to turn off. You know, it's just always thinking about ways to improve the business and, and make That's- more money and help more people and bring this person onto our team or bring that person on our team, or let's just diversify the income streams with this new project or yeah. like it's always, always thinking. So um, when you do an activity that forces you to think about the activity, it's super helpful to get your mind off of the things that, that you need to get your mind off of. Yeah,
1: man. About. Being present in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. So what are some of the other things you do to bring you joy?
0: Things I do to bring me joy. Um, travel. Yeah. I, I really like to travel. I, I'm a pretty frugal spender when it comes to just about anything. You know, like I I uh I drive a used tundra and I drive a used camry. Those are my two cars. I've got a used truck and I got a used camry. You know, combined both of them cost me like thirty grand for both right. of the vehicle. You right. know what I mean? So we're super frugal on things like that. We, we, uh, we actually just bought a house, uh, to expand a little bit. Cause we kind of had to Okay. but we, for the last couple of years, we lived in a, we live in like a half a duplex. It's kind of like a condo setup. So yeah. it's 1200 square feet. I got two kids, two dogs, and my brother-in-law lives with us and, right. and my wife. Yeah. So there's a lot of us in this house. And the only reason we ended up buying a house was because our landlord didn't re- renew the lease on, on this condo. Mm. Um, so, you know i say that to say that we like to live frugally and right. but there's one thing that we try not to skimp out on and that's experiences because i think experiences trump things yeah. and experiences will bring you more joy fulfillment and uh, happiness over over the long term rather than just like filling up your garage with more cars or and and by the way this is not to say that i'm not going to drive an awesome car in the future right. um, this right. is good to say that like you know uh, while while i'm still in building mode um, for me, it's more important to like get out, travel, experience new things. Like, you know, I'm 28. I've been to over 30 countries. Been wow. to like 35 states in in the U.S. Um, as well. So, I, I really like to get out, see new things, travel a little bit, experience new cultures, get to know more people, um, and stuff like that. So, um, obviously, 2020, we weren't able to do a lot of that, but um, 2021, yeah. we're already opening the schedule back up to get back out there.
1: Oh, man, that's awesome, man. I love it. I'm I'm into traveling too, brother. So I definitely get that peace and that experience when it comes to that, man. And that's priceless, man. So last question, man. And I'm going to ask it in two different ways because sometimes people struggle with it or they don't know how to answer. So you answer whatever one resonates with you the most. But last question is, guys, what type of legacy are you leaving in this world? Or when it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered?
0: I sign off all of my podcast episodes by Mm -hmm. saying remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I think that if I can just positively impact people who I come across in whatever capacity, you know, yeah. ranging from the most intimate relationship like my wife to people that I interview on podcasts or people that interview me on podcasts or to people that just listen to my podcast that never, ever, ever once reached out to tell me that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. whatever capacity that I come across somebody. I just want that when I leave, if I leave, if we part ways at some point, I want that person to have positive things to say about the way that I impacted their life Want that person to be able to, uh, to have, you know, a a testimony of, of, you know, like, well, you know, Travis in my life for a couple of months, we only lived by each other for a couple of months and then he moved somewhere else. But, and he made this intro to for, for this, um, this job that I have now and it's been a life-changing job for me, you know, I used to be in debt and I, you know, like, like that's kind of the legacy that I want is just, I want, I want people to remember me as, as, as somebody that um, was positively impacting the world around him in, in whatever capacity that I, that I can. So that's kind of kind of what I am shooting for.
1: Hey, brother, that's powerful, man. And I can attest to that, man. You definitely do that. Just in the relationship that I have with you and things I learned from you, man. So I truly appreciate you, Travis. I want you to know, brother, you are definitely a made man. You are motivated. You are accessible. You are disciplined. You are an expressive man. And I appreciate you for everything that you're doing, brother. Thank you for coming on today, man. I
0: appreciate it, Derek. Thanks so much for having me on. All
1: right, brother. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I truly hope something during this episode resonated with you. It is my hope that you know that no matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through, you don't have to suffer in silence, isolation, and shame. We all have struggles. We all have things that we are dealing with, and ignoring or avoiding what you're thinking and feeling and not allowing yourself to be vulnerable or express any internal hurt and pain doesn't make you more of a man. Please understand that. Also, please, share this episode. You never know what someone is going through and... Something in this episode may help. Remember, no matter what it is or how hard it is, that's not all there is. You don't have to stay stuck or struggling. Your power is in your choices. So what type of choices are you going to make today? Hey, I'm here, my
2: brother. You know I love you. Yes, you you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.